0: Marnie finds Paulo who then flicks it back for Marnie and he gets the pass away for Madison. Great execution for Parramatta. It's off the junior. Paulo offload again. 4-0. Yeah, yeah, but Marnie for Dylan Brown. And here's a chance for the King Clint. There's an appeal from the Parramatta players for a high tackle. And on the
1: last tackle, they'll get a penalty. Oh, that's fortunate. Ah, tap and go. Tap and go, where's Sivo? Sivo gets to him now. Sivo will get the try after
2: Gutherson caught them all napping. No one was paying attention.
0: Oh, what a player. Gutherson, he's just always in the game. Gets a penalty for, for his team for being around the ball and then always thinking. He loves the big moments. King Clint of Parramatta to number one on the ladder. Here he is. He finally, he finally got a taste of the action with seconds left. Utoikomanu is the last man tackled. Well, it was ugly, but it was a win for Parramatta. <laughs> Lane's got Sebo there, he
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey. Forty. Hello. And Ham. Yeah. And how are you doing? It's your host, Hamish. Uh, oh. Well, let's jump into the podcast. I so will review the 100th uh, – sorry, this is the 105th edition, but we'll be reviewing the Round 9 game against the Knights win, uh, spoiler alert, then jump into some news and then a preview of our Round 10 clash against the Seagulls. Bang, bang, Orwell. bang. And we might even touch on some other games that came out of the right, round nine um, because there was a couple of interesting ones. Um, but let's jump straight into the Eels and the Knights fixture. Eels 10, Knights 4. Uh, two tries to one. Uh, Ryan Madison make a SIBO going over. None from two conversions, but one from one penalty goals to Clint Gutherson uh, after a four-all half-time. Uh, that was an absolute battle of a game, but happy to get the two points on the road. Yeah, I'll take birdie or We'll get Bertie first.
0: Oh, I just I hate the Newcastle Knights, man. Seriously, like <laughs> I know we bash the refs each week, but just from the first tackle, we get an incorrect call, and then we can't challenge it because apparently we had more than ten seconds. And then just the love affair for them, and like I get it, like this is the first time they've had the referees have been under the influence of a crowd like this before. But they've literally had everything go their way, and I'll, I'll just, I'm just glad we're a team right now where we. Like we can still bitch about the referees' decisions, but they don't sort of uh, dictate the result of our game. Not yeah, exactly, like, and I'm just like, I was just so glad we, the boys dug in tough, and you know, last year we went up there, same thing, right? You know, what on a high, it's a big win, and they just smashed us, and we just ripped in from the, from, you know, from the first set, and yeah, I'm just so
1: proud of the boys, to be honest. Like, yeah. Well, dude, we want to run through some stats, then we'll hear from Forty and, and and Ham. So 51% possession to the Knights. They had an extra minute in time in possession. Uh, completion rates, we won that battle 78 to 73. Um, still weren't very happy with our handling. There was a couple of poor errors. Uh, now, Newcastle had an extra 40 ca- 42 carries or 42 runs, but only made an extra 130 metres. Wow. Wow. Um, Post-contact metres, Knights won that 6.49 to 6.16. We had the better of the line breaks, 4 to 3. Tackle breaks, again, winning that one, 30 to 25. Average set distance, an extra 5 metres. So you can see in that, that all run metres where that came out. And then average play the ball speed, 2.88 seconds to the Knights to 3.16 seconds for the Eels, although we were on the worst end of a penalty count and also a six-again count. Um, even though that 2.88 seconds is lightning quick. Crazy,
2: um, yeah. I mean, if a player has that as their average for a game, it's insane. And here we are with the entire team averaging 2.88. Uh,
1: we made an extra 50 tackles than the Knights. Um, I don't know how it's only 50 tackles. At one point, it seemed like 150, uh, but five fewer missed tackles. Uh, one intercepts that Wonga Blake one that he just picked up, and the touchy got an intercept as well, I have to say. Uh, ineffective <laughs> Mitchell, tackles. Mitchell. 23 <laughs> uh, 14 all errors, penalties conceded, six to the Eels, four to Knights, one report, which I think was Wonga Blake, on Correct. that uh, legal hit on Ponga, uh, which he since got off, and then two HIAs to one. Um, all right, well, let's go to U Forty.
2: Well, we, we can't get past the obvious. That was an ugly affair, wasn't it? Uh, offense was completely non-existent for the most part. Uh, we were our own worst enemies. And you know it was a game that we won on the back of our defense, which in and of itself is a very encouraging thing because you hear that adage that's always spoked as defense wins championships, and that was certainly true on Sunday afternoon. But yeah, we we were, it's the I know it's only been one and a half games since we lost Mitch, but we completely like the po, the post took apart the uh, North Queensland Cowboys, and so it sort of masked that that issue there. And whereas we took took on a much better team this week in the Newcastle Knights. And we got a little bit rattled. We we're just a little bit out of sync. Couldn't quite find our kicks. Couldn't quite find our passes with the timing, the sort of timing windows you need when you're shifting the ball to the left or right. And it really took ourselves out of out of the game initially. So
1: that, well, that fifth tackle options were diabolical. That, I think we only had one or two repeat <laughs> sets of game. We that was up. that was
2: highlighted in the second half where there was a sequence of play where we got two kicks that went nowhere, one from Jay Field and one from Quinton Gufferson. Before we ran the ball down left and. I'm not sure if it was Dylan Brown or Michael Jennings, but someone threw it over Makers. Yeah, Civo's Dylan head.
1: passed it to Michael, and then Michael yeah. threw it over Sebo's hands, but Dill should have just put in a third just kick drilled, there.
2: Just drilled it down the field like flat and found touch. And I think after you end up getting that HIA, which should have been a penalty, by the way, the same way Callan Pong got a penalty, but you know, it, not not consistent at whatsoever. So he came back from the HIA, and I think they had a chance to settle him down. And from there on, he was kicking a lot more, uh, with a lot more authority in towards the corners, and that sort of helped settle the game.
1: I tell you who did kick towards the corners. Reid Marnie, yeah, what a kicking yeah. game and class performance he put on. Probably the best that he's had in first grade so far.
2: Right up there. I mean, had a fantastic little try assist for Mato. He, he
1: should uh, have had his own try.
2: He should, he should have had his own try, which is a whole other can of worms in regards to playing advantage and why Murata near Corey was penalised for David Clemmer not clearing the ruck and the other player trying to trip him with a he went for an ankle tap like.
3: Um, I don't understand. It, if it's a penalty, it's a sin bin.
2: Yeah, ex- well, that 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 is exactly the core there, isn't it, Ham? If if you're going to say that Parramatta could not play the ball legally because there was interference in a professional sense, then that's a sin bin.
3: And you know that like it's guaranteed that he would have scored because he scored. The ref
2: has the actual footage of it, like the. <laughs>
3: So it's not as even if oh, May scored, May he have he scored? No, He put the ball down before he even blew the penalty. I reckon <clears throat> he blew the penalty after he put the ball down and realised what happened.
2: It was not a, it was not a good weekend. And the
1: even. the Annersley, when when he's explaining it, he said, you know, he went through the rule and you have to maintain your balance when playing the ball. Yeah, but we see those play the balls a hundred times a game and. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say, "Well, he didn't play the ball correctly," but the reason he didn't play it correctly was because he was being grabbed and held well, the, down. The thing is that he struck, struck, struck the ball. It's only a penalty. It's he'd not the ball balance, balance
2: until Clemmer had like, got tangled up in his feet. So I, I don't know—is it the chicken and egg sort of scenario? What, what was the overriding precedent there? But it was a bad weekend for officials in general. We can get onto that later. But it, it, start, just, it started just, from oh, the
3: sorry, just on just on that thing. I thought the ball had cleared the ruck by the time. Near Corey was mm. fell over. He'd played the ball with his foot. You, you know, there's a lot of players that don't even play with the ball with their foot. It's probably one of the better play the balls we've seen all
2: year. Yeah, <here.
3: laughs> and plays it with his foot. Reed picks it up, and then he falls over. To me, the ball's cleared the ruck once Reed's picked it up. So I don't understand the penalty at all. I don't understand why it's a penalty.
2: What what really? When you go back and look at it, I I clipped a screenshot of it and put it on the Discord the game started with Sean Lane clearly being in the field of play and the Knights got a scrum. And Bertie t- talked about our challenge not being, being able to go upstairs because we took too long. But on, in the same weekend, we saw challenges that were well over a minute uh, after the event being put up there. And I suppose that might have been a directive issue after Saturday to make sure that the window is correctly observed. But then to add on to the challenge aspect, we had Graham Annesley come out and say that the referee overstepped his bounds for our challenge by trying to add extra discretionary uh, referencing for the the challenge that we put up for the Makasivo and knock on late in the game. And then it turns yeah. out that they find an obstruction. It wasn't an obstruction because Reid Money did not obstruct anyone when he was in the line there. I, I just don't understand the, the whole state of affairs of officiating right now.
3: And the thing is, you know, we constantly say, oh, sure. The referees can't get any worse. Sure. The referees can't get any worse. We've dropped it down to one referee. So there's more professional referees and these are supposed to be the best of the best. And I'm not sure whether it's what it is like, is it due to them not being believed in, like they've got the bunker there? Is it, is it because of the bunker that the referees are going? Oh well, I've got someone else to back me up here, and they're off. They're, they're faceless. The, the bunker's faceless. Like it's just the bunker makes a decision. I can just go off that.
1: Like, can we um, just before just before we get off this soapbox? Um, that one play where the ball was clearly knocked on by Newcastle, and and Sutton had the the whistle in his mouth, and then just let it play on <laughs> the,
2: the Mitchell Pierce play, right?
1: Mitchell yeah. Pierce one. That's oh what I'm talking God. about. Oh my God! Yeah, just, both, both teams
2: are like, yeah, this is a turnover. Let's just you know get ready for it, and then nope, play on.
3: Yeah, I oh. I reckon that from on that instance, the referee was looking for a knock on, and then when it hit his feet, he didn't. He wasn't actually watching the play. He was just waiting for the knock on to happen. And so when Pierce picked it up in an offside position, because he hadn't actually followed the play, he didn't know what to do. So it's called play on. That's what I reckon. at. But who knows what say, goes inside a referee? I've
0: got to say something, right? When Dylan Brown went down, like, we've got a very young spine. You compare our spine to the Knights. Knights have, I think, close to, like, 700 games. Majority of them with Pierce. Mitchell Pierce
2: would bring a million to them just by himself, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you look, when like, that game, we only had, I think, 150 because Mitch Moses is out, obviously. But when Brown went down... We left to, like, Gufferson and um dry field and, you know, we... It's a scrappy game. Of course it's a scrappy game. We've got a very young spine. Like, you're not expecting us to do anything. Look at, at night, They have more experience, and they're throwing into touch. They're kicking on They're kicking on second and third. Like, I just feel as though, um, you know, like, we're already good now, but give it a couple more years into the, mm. like, you know, to Imani Mar- and then obviously Dreyfield, if he's consistently in the squad more, like, I think it we'll would be better. It's just... Very, very um, – I can. you can attribute to lack of
1: experience to how a bit scrappy that game.
0: It, it was yeah, a mark definitely, of the – When you
1: had uh, 15 minutes with Takarangi and Jai Field as your halves pairing, like no offense to either of those blokes, but that's <laughs> yeah. not the, the world's best halves pairing. It's a
2: mark of the maturity of the entire squad now, isn't it? Because that's a game that we just completely fold in if it's any year past, given that much possession up in that much prime real estate, and the boys just roll up their sleeves. And you, you mentioned that you know he wasn't a great half – um, in that role. But Takarangi did some great stuff off the bench defensively. I thought some big I mean, he tackles. he
1: put up one of the best bomb I think he did put up our best bomb of the game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dylan did have one nice little chip bomb that Wanga Blake got apparently for being obstructed, uh, taken out for. But yeah, that, that Taka did have a nice kick. Um, and yeah, and the other player that leads me to had a, a monster game, and, and Ham and I will talk about this before the podcast, but Nathan Brown was immense with Junior Polo missing in the second half due to back spasms.
1: He was, I should probably uh, put a little correction out there. Uh, JT13 hadn't done the, the double. It was uh, Paul Gallen, and I should have known that because Forty highlighted it a, a week or two ago. <laughs> yeah, so
2: that that is now Nathan Brown's third, uh, I suppose, the double-double, if you'd look, talking about basketball terms, the 200 metres, 50 tackles, with um, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, the other eel, um, involved there. And hand pointed out that Parramatta's been involved in every single one of them since 2017 because Paul Gallen did one against Parramatta. So yeah. <laughs> there you go.
3: It's like... Not- Those numbers, 200 metres in a a game alone, that's incredible. Like, you know, obviously your backs sometimes get it and forwards sometimes get it. But then to make 40 tackles on top of that, that's, you know, even more astounding. But to get 50 tackles Mm -hmm. and not only, like, when you look at the other one, other games where it has been 200 metres, 50 tackles, usually it's like, you know, fifty tackles or fifty-one tackles, just making over two hundred. Brownie demolished. He got over two hundred and fifty meters. He got two hundred and seventy meters. He 20, Twenty-eight he, carries. Two hundred and
2: seventy-three meters. I think is what he's down for on champion data. Absolutely yeah, that's just, huge.
3: That's a and like I know there was. Com- I've, I think I said it before. And before he got uh suspended, Um, you know, there's comments online about Brownie about how oh he, um, you know, hinders our attack, gets in the way, runs on the fourth. Yeah, but. He's, to me, he's a state of origin player. And recently, or last night on 360, they were talking about Ryan Pappenhausen and how with Tedesco and Tommy um, Turbo there, he'll, he probably won't ever play fullback for New South Wales. Nathan Brown is, to me, miles ahead of Jake Trevojevic, miles ahead of Cameron Murray, miles ahead of Victor Radley, miles ahead of Dal Finucane. If you got those four blokes there, there's no way Brown is playing origin. And because these rep selectors have something like, in their head about incumbency, incumbency, incumbency. They've got, oh, I've got to pick the same team. Otherwise, you know. No, you pick the best players. And to me, Brown just typifies what it means. Like, he, he can go up that extra level if you need him to. If you wanted to, he can slow it down a little bit and play, be the ball player. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want someone to be aggressive in defense, he can be that. If you need someone to be aggressive in attack, he can be that. He can be all of it in one game. Like You, you
0: know just, what's I funny, right? Him. I love him. Manly fans were putting crap on, on the Silver towels. That forum <laughs> on on the the putting crap on Jack Trebovich because he, when he first came in he was running hard, tackling hard, and offloading, and now all he does is just wants to offload yep. and ball and play. Ball play before the and line. they're like, and that's what I'm saying. Brown, like the first run he did, like he, he did less ball play in this game, but he w- wasn't mucking around. He was running hard every every uh, run, you know, running top speed. It was just um, incredible. Like he's pr- he's probably thinking, you know, let, sort of let the team down. Been out for two weeks. I'm I'm just going to do my job and do it well and. Yeah, no, no
2: errors. It's there's pretty a, good. There's a – I don't know wherever I, I read it, but there was once upon a time I watched or read something in regards to the world's best tennis players, and it was something along the lines of when you play a Roger Federer or a Rafael Nadal or a Djokovic, that the later the game goes on, the faster and harder their shots come at you. It's like they're getting stronger and stronger the deeper into the game they go. And we saw that on Sunday with Nathan Brown and Reagan Campbell-Gillard when the entire Newcastle four-pack, despite all that possession and all that territory, got into the second half – They started to fall away, and those two men just kept coming at him, run after run, hit after hit, and it just laid a platform for the Eels to get to that win.
3: Absolutely, you know. uh, Obviously, Brownie got to those numbers with Junior Paulo being on the bench for 51 minutes of the game. But imagine if Junior had come on, you know, for that second stint where he usually steps up and you know really takes it to the to the opposition. Mm -hmm. Uh, We only won by six points if we had Junior on the field. We could probably got another try in or you know even a field goal
2: I mean and yeah. we're talking about a team no junior no Kane Evans So there's two big cogs in the four pack no Oregon kafusu who's been amazing the last
1: three weeks no Raymond no Stone no, no Penny Terrapo. no
2: Mitchell Moses so this is a team that is still going up against competition heavyweights and is still getting the W's
1: they, kept, they did have a couple of outs in Newcastle they, they did but
2: they had a lot of their core players they had their first in choice M- Mitchell Pierce Caelan yeah. Ponga Andrew McCullough and and I suppose um, Kurt Mann's actually been pretty good for him in recent weeks so first-choice spine, lots of big names in the forward pack. You know, they, they were at home in front of a par- parochial crowd, so they had every reason to win, and we did it.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, you, as you were saying there, we just lift up in intensity, you know, when our uh, front rows come back on, starting front row come back on. A, lo- a lot of credit has to go to uh, Trent Elkin in that in Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah, the entire training, because there is a few guys there underneath him too, but Trent's done a superb job this year. In, in one of the most difficult pre-seasons you'll you ever get because of the corona disruption – He's managed to keep the squad, soft in terms of soft tissue damage, quite healthy. And not not only that, but like top of the competition for fitness.
1: And just to another stat, so the Eels now have a second half for and against of 144 points for and 44 against. They've kept six teams scoreless in the second half Ooh. out of their nine games. And 31 of those 44 points came against Canberra and the Roosters. Um Grand so, Dallas, by the way. Yeah, they've... they've <laughs> Yeah and I'll let you do the um the the full um, other stat but first uh, to those two try scorers Reed with the the money ball to Madison yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh yeah I'll put some uh chirping crickets in there, I said. <laughs>
2: there was at least one appreciative
1: laugh. <laughs> and, uh, and then Gutherson, being alive to the quick tap, took the mark, waited to be give, given the mark, I have to say. And uh, I like that shopped uh, from the <laughs> NRL roast uh, picture of Ferguson without a shadow. Yeah, we
2: need to talk about Blake because even in the unedited footage, he's got no shadow. Is Blake Ferguson a vampire? The
0: spirit yeah. of Kenny Edwards lives on.
2: Yeah, well, he would have yes. been all over that. Ham was saying that he was a little bit disappointed that Kenny didn't post something to Insta because Usually, he's on, on the Parramatta game straight away, so something like he might have been busy back over wherever he is. Because that, that was vintage Kenny Edwards right there, he would have been loving that.
1: that but was... something you uh you put in your uh Whiskey Musings 40 Sibo, uh, it, the captain would have been very, very happy with his winger there being alive to that yeah, as well. It, I
2: mean, the, um, no one else reacted, and Sibo just saw it and came bolting down that wing. And then Guffo with the nice little double pump. Because if you if you watch a replay, Cowan try to do what Jared Hayne used to do, where he tries to conv- convince the man to throw the dummy by over. Shadowing to the the sideline, and then like I'm swiveling his hips to make the tackle, and Gaffer just double pumped and held it up beautifully.
1: Yeah. Well, you could see in that that last Ponga had turned just enough to swivel his head the other way around, Yeah. So he had overcommitted himself to Gutho, and that's the exact moment that Gutho threw the ball to Simo. And he just
3: Yeah, I think that's you know it's actually perfect play by both uh, both players there. Yeah. Like Ponga defended that perfectly. If that's 20, 30 meters out, he probably that's. Perfectly defended because yeah, the way he positions his body,
2: he has a he shot at rain. Turn,
3: down. he can quickly turn away if if the ball player if the ball carrier does dummy and run, or he's got that coverage for the uh, second man. There, So that's perfectly defended. But the way yeah, as Ham said, you know, you know, it was just as soon as Ponga did turn, that's when he gave the, that's when Gatho passed the ball and like, and
2: I'll, if you go back and watch the replay, Gatho's reaction is everything. He throws the pass, oh. Sebo catches it, and Gatho just goes. Yeah, like you just see him <laughs> celebrating before the balls, even in the end goals.
0: Well, Dylan Brown had he made a break in the first half and similar uh, circumstances, but he actually held the ball like and you know a bit of more experience. He probably does similar to what Cup. If anything does, else
1: was, Sivo, on his if outside. Sivo on his outside. What if, are you had, doing? If there was anything
2: that perfectly <laughs> encapsulated how Dylan was off his game on Sunday, it's that because Ham and I have watched a ton of Dylan. We talk about this all the time. i see him from Harold Matson upwards, and every time he finds the, the gap. He either puts the foot down and no one touches him or he perfectly plays the two-on-one, the three-on-one and gets it to the outside men. And he did neither of those things on Sunday. And it was just shocking because he never does that.
3: And, you know, with that Dylan making the break there, uh, I think the worst thing that happened to him was making that break against the Dragons and then pinning the ears back and going himself. (laughs) Like, because everyone, it was the media, it was fans, like whoever, whenever they saw that, they went, oh, you should have passed, you should have passed, you should have passed. No. Dylan, like you're fast, just run. Back yourself, if, son. I reckon if he put his foot down, had Jennings and Sivo on his outside, the opposite the opposite players don't come up. He's one on one against Ponga. Okay, if he steps off the left, you know, I I think he'd go pretty. You know, maybe not outrun Ponga, but I think it's probably a better option there. He steps off the left, goes himself, gets a quick tackle. We could have played off that. I mean, I would say he could get a sin bin, but. There was one where Reed made a break and uh, Tau Tau Moga um, blatantly pushed him down for a second. It wasn't even a penalty, let alone a sim bin,
2: so. What bin. What about Reed putting Callum Ponga on skates in open space in the oh, first yeah, half? Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: that was a great offload from Guffo.
0: Yeah, to...
2: great little yeah. backhand arm, right arm offload there. That was yeah. a, a great moment for Reid. Um, two players I do want to shout out quickly before we get to our, our plug for a, a DT journalist, which I never thought we'd do, but um, this guy deserves it for sure. But Jay Field and uh, Wonga Blake, of all people. I want to give him a big rap for the defensive efforts on Sunday. Um, Wanga obviously there was a plan for him to jam in really aggressively because we knew Newcastle would be attacking our right edge, and there were times where he was jamming the half, so there was opportunities for Newcastle to kick in behind or get quick ball out, but they couldn't take advantage of it. But um, not only that, he he made a lot of great tackles on those reads. But the times where he wasn't jamming, he had the B the B gap, the the right hip of um, Jay Field covered up under lock and key because there was some short balls that really came after him. And if Jay didn't make the tackles, he made some tremendous tackles on the goal line against Lachlan Fitzgibbon, but the ones that he didn't, Wanga Blake was right there and put the clamps down. So well done to both those men. And, and Jay, I mentioned it, but the, the Knights came at him with everything. They threw the kitchen sink at him on the goal line, and he, he handled everything. And even the one that he technically didn't where Andrew McCulloch scored, that's that had a big question mark over it for me, so...
1: Yeah. Well, I was just going to get to two negatives on that. One was David Gower. Um, you know, you got to burrow down. He was, I think, it was on Channel Nine. They said he was way too vertical on that play, um, regardless of whether you know where your stance is on that um play uh, the second one was in the last i think it was the 10 minutes or so where Newcastle went to their left edge our right edge defensively and made a break and F- Ferguson he really struggled to get back yeah he he was struggling um, on that point right I know there. I know he was pretty gassed but you know you've just got to find and and for somebody who's played origin level football you got to find that extra gear to get back on those sorts of plays with the game in the balance
2: I agree
3: 100% just on a uh, just on J Field you know I know he's done, he's done a commendable job coming into first grade, but if he had up until – like, if everything was proper, if he had up until now to um, play as a dominant half in reserve grade, I reckon he'd be twice
2: the only It would league. have been very interesting to see Jayfield coming into this team with that, the three months of football that he should have had.
3: Yeah, he would have been the dominant half down in reserve grade. You know, he would have learned a bit of game management. Just all the little things, you know, because he's, he's a bloody athlete. He's fast out. Um, He's done well defensively. If you give him a bit of game management, a bit of time under his head, I actually think he'd be a pretty good pick for um, even a Titan. Just like bring him in. Stay J. I, th- I think he'd go Stage pretty a. well next to Kieran
2: that's a good. That's a good idea, actually, like as far as pairing the different skill sets.
3: No, I'm, could... I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, you know, I, I, I do. Like, I would love for him to stick around, but I
2: could, I could definitely see another club coming knocking saying, this guy showed a bit with Parramatta. We're going to take a punt on him. Anything else for the uh, match review before I, I plug that DT journalist?
1: No, I think plug away.
2: Okay, so uh, I've never thought I'd say this in my lifetime, but um, please check out the work by Nick Cantham, the Daily Telegraph, who does some fantastic stuff. Campos Corner, I think, is his big weekly op, well, not, not, not always weekly, but it comes out as his op ed piece, and he does like a big, not investigative, but like explorative aspect of rugby league on a team or a player. Um, really good stuff. Today he came out with a good article talking about how Parramatta are putting the clamps, the clamps, on opposition teams and have a historic NRL era defense. Uh, We're currently ranked fourth um, amongst uh, defenses across nine games uh, with only the 2013 Roosters, the 2011 Dragons and the 2010 Dragons during that little gold run they had with Uncle Wayne um, being better defensively than us across those nine games. We've conceded 96 points compared to the 2010 Dragons 95 and then equal first the Roosters and Dragons in 2013 and 2011 respectively 86. So if you think of just those couple of games where we bled one or two soft tries, and we'd be right on right on track for historic pace number one slot.
3: Yeah, we're doing pretty well defensively, you know. And a lot of has been uh, said of our right edge defence, but it's our only weakness I can see defensively currently. Like,
2: and even yeah, then, they look like they're starting to address it to some degree. Um, yeah. And me and the credit. If you look f- at
3: other teams, especially ones that we've played. Sorry, for it. That's okay. There like, you go. Um, like we seem to be able to pick. A few, I'm not trying to talk as oh, I am trying to talk. About <laughs> it, but we seem Humble to, be able to pick a few points. Of weaknesses in their defense, like we picked out Tamalolo the other week, plus uh, the Cowboys' left edge,
2: Carl um, got buoyed, yeah,
3: yeah. It's just like we've been, we've been able to pick out a few. Uh, against the Knights again, they were very good defensively. To own like Parramatta, the third best attack, um, I think we were second best attack leading into the round. So for them to only hold us to ten points is you know really good for them as well. Um, the I think probably the only ones which really struggled to score against are. The Roosters and the Knights so far, so you no, know, we've been able to find and the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs, yes, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, no, it doesn't, correct doesn't count. Restart the season, um, but yeah, we've been able to find a few points of attack, a few points of deficiency. So yeah, I was I was just
2: I going, going to finish off. Of I was going to finish <laughs> off by saying that the credit for this sort of defence performance needs to be levied across like multiple factors. Obviously, Brad Arthur as the head coach has pointed do with it. but Dave Kidwell, a guy that was much maligned when he joined us mid twenty eighteen has arm done a fantastic job getting us up to scratch this year. And then we talked about him before, but Trent Elkin is a big factor in that. Being fitted in every other team is a huge part of being better defensively. And finally the credit goes to the players themselves because you've got to want to do it. It's just I'm going to
3: say it's an attitude. That's
2: right. It's attitude. It's want to, it's it's willpower, it's just, you know, wanting that win more than the other team and going to do anything to get it. And that's what it was on Sunday.
1: Well, let's jump into some news. First one up at the end of the game, uh, Stefano Tukumanu, uh debut game. Uh, got a bit happy with himself off that one run. Uh, West <laughs> Tigers were savoring that one run, but oh, you know, if, you if he plays, what what was it? Thirty seconds, one run, ten eight, meters. Um, if he keeps on goat stats numbers. with that, goat he, he's due for yeah. What what is it? So one run a 28, minute, 28 eighty yards. minutes. Yeah, yeah, something pose, like that. <laughs> pose
2: Pose War was in full effect after the game because I don't know if you guys caught it on social media, but. There were some wild takes from both Para and West Tigers fans. You know, why would you play a rookie for only 30 seconds and give him one run? That's not fair. Brad Arthur, and that was from some Para fans. Obviously, West Tigers fans are upset he didn't get any game times. Like, oh, what's the point of playing him? If you have any history of Brad Arthur, and even other great coaches like Des Hasler, you know that in tough games, they don't bring rookies in for if any time at all, let alone one carry. And
1: the- Well, <laughs> I know with Oregon and Alvaro and stuff, Brad Arthur's only blooded so, them for five minutes so, generally. Slow burn,
2: Absolutely. And then some of the best takes were (laughs) there was one who tweeted the club, I believe, that said that uh, Junior Poy should be dropped to the bench for Stefano.
1: (laughs) Yes, um, piping hot takes. But there were some piping hot takes about uh, the breach of the COVID rules. Um, But I understand uh, everybody's been tested, the people that he hugged in the crowd and himself, uh, which have all come back negative. And uh, he can return Eel's training on Wednesday. So we're recording Tuesday night. So Wednesday the 15th, he'll be back at training. And I understand the boys are off training until tomorrow anyway, so he won't really miss anything.
2: So, yeah, I mean, it's such an innocent mistake. And, yes, he should have been more cognizant of the situation regarding the bubble and and interacting with people, even if it's friends and family. But that is it has been a rite of passage and part and parcel of the debut process for as long as rugby league has been a thing and, and going beyond rugby league to wider sports, hasn't it? So it's so hard to rewire your brain for just that few seconds that it was.
1: And it was at the post game, and you know, Danny Wielder getting out there on his soapbox about the Penrith Jr. that got four tries not doing the wrong thing, and then it turns out a day later <laughs> that he'd gone. Locked jaw, by all the his way. Mates that and we at the that footy back to his house. Locked jaw at two o'clock in the yeah, morning, and, and had it wasn't to go to the hospital.
2: It wasn't tetanus, I can tell you that.
3: I <laughs> know, oh, apparently it's a, common, it's a common occurrence for. Uh...
1: The young fella, mm. <laughs> yes. So, uh, a ride are right on the case at the moment. Um, uh, let's be. get over to the uh, other big news that came on uh, this afternoon, uh, Tuesday, the 14th of July. Reed, uh, signing a good money deal at Paramount <laughs> Eels for the next two years. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, he was reading the fine print and everything's in order. Uh, And uh, that'll see him at the club until the end of 2022 season, which uh, we can only be proud as punch about. And um, I think it was raised by a couple of people in the, uh, the discord today that we've, the precarious uh, position of the salary cap given COVID-19 and the implications that it'll have on um, all the finances in rugby league. um, It's sort of understandable locking in for two years. And plus given he's, he might be looking at rep honors in the next year or two uh, depending on Jake friend this year. And of course uh, if Harry Green has more than 10 games, uh, (laughs) he, he, he might be putting his hand up. Uh, uh, full,
2: full disclosure, Harry doubt. Grant is a good player. Don't get us wrong. We do rate Harry Grant, but fuck me the carry on or something.
1: Yeah, I think Andrew jo- Joey Johns put it best on fro- uh, on Sunday at, in our game. And uh, I can't remember who the main caller was, but he said, oh, what about Harry Grant? And John said, you know, that's 10 games of NRL. The origin's a bit of a big step up. And that's that's just what it is, you know.
2: Joey Johns on the para-payroll since 2020. Good man. <laughs> well,
3: Reed's only played uh,
1: 40-something. 44. But it's his third year in NRL and yeah, he's had true. one full season. And he's experienced
2: the ups and downs of the NRL too. He's seen what can happen to a club at its worst and what can happen at its best.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, takes takes on Reed resigning. Awesome. Yeah. Love it.
2: Love it. <laughs> that that was. I mean, there's still other resigning and recruitment work to be done for 2020. But that was the glaring, like, what is this going to get done sort of deal. And I don't know that that takes the two to tango. The club trying to squeeze out the best deal they can, and vice versa, his manager trying to do the best for his client. But yeah. Even though we it was always felt like it was gonna just be a you know matter of when not if and there was barely any other talk linking him to other clubs, although we saw the docs, funnily enough, come make an inquiry recently. But yeah, geez, it feels good to get it done.
1: Yeah, I think it was just money and time that held it up. Correct. Um, but yeah. All right, Bertie, did you did you wanna give a, a hell yeah?
0: Uh, oh hell yeah.
3: Like um no, so I'm right, having uh, for race stone.
0: I'm just you know, we're got to thank Harry Grant because all the hype's on him. Because realistically, you know, you saw of mentioned it. Uh, Marnie's a ten times better player than Grant at the moment. <laughs> I mean, that's and, only and, 10. from the
1: top fence. <laughs> like,
0: I'm like, no, so serious. Like, who, who else would have asked? Who would have asked? Uh, Reed Marnie, you know, to sign with him. Like, so I say, like all the hype's on Harry Grant and Parramatta. In the, in the meantime, is, like, probably like trying to keep the hype down on Marnie because we know how good he is. Paran knows how good he is, but we don't want his manager thinking, oh, hang on, I've got 10 offers from other clubs. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise from Tigers, you know, for helping us get money. That's an interesting contract.
2: point as to how much that would have influenced, even if it's small, how much would influence discussions. Because it yeah. might have been leveraged for the club to say, well, look, we're going to put origin causes in instead of giving you the fat, like the fat, flat bonus, um, because you're going to be the, the Queensland hooker, no doubt. They can sort of leverage the Harry Grant discussion maybe and, and Ben Hunt too.
0: And all the, all yeah. the talk is if Cam Smith plays, then Harry Grant's a free agent. So then everyone wants him. So while that you know fuels in the background, we're just you know Marnie, see, no one's interested in you. Just stay with us, and then look, we get, <laughs> we end up getting him on a good deal. That's what I'm taking out of it. But right? yeah,
2: our spine now. I think uh, Gufferson and Marnie end of 2022. I think Mitchell Moses has a player option for that season. So that, at least that's going on what NRL.com's uh, re-signing portal says that it's a player option for that season. And then Dylan Brown re-signed to the end of 2023. So that's some important players locked up for the at least the short-term future. And then we we do now have to try and avoid a West Tigers situation moving forwards, don't we? Where they all come off off contract at the same time and no one's extended in in
1: advance. Given the last two years of recruitment and retention, I'm going to give the club a minute. They, they, they they've,
2: they've certainly earned some um, goodwill in the bank, haven't they? They've done such a good job recently. And, and I'm really interested to see where the direction goes now for filling out the squad for the remainder of or remainder for the upcoming season because we're going to be coming from a position of power in terms of negotiating uh, any potential free agents. Obviously, we can't go out and sign an absolute bevy of superstars because we've got lots of talent on the books now. But there is a little bit of space, I think, at the back end of the cap to get some interesting prospects.
3: Well, you look at, you know, out of, at say, our top 17, who we've got left to re-sign, uh, Kane Evans. And Ray Stone. Ray Stone, Takarangi.
2: Taka and Tarepo are both off contract, but... I suppose there is a, there is now the question to be asked is, is it time to part ways after some good years and find someone else that's younger and potentially cheaper?
1: Well, well it depends any, on your centre depth as well, especially with Taka because we thought that might be tested this week with Wunger out, but it, him escaping those charges. so that would, I, that would definitely be I, I wouldn't be a against a one-year or maybe a two-year deal for Taka's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I've, there's some
3: um, fine outside backs we've got coming through the 20s that I think, you know, if you give them... Possibly because I think they'll be training with the NRL next preseason.
2: Sean Russell, Sam Wuzu, yeah. Filiami Pennesini. I wasn't
3: a- going to name them so they don't get. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's some good outside backs we've got. So if you give them, you know, two extra years there, they'll be sort of hopefully on the cusp first grade. And, you know, in, maybe even in that second year, they can take over that uh, center role of Dakarangi. Well,
2: ha- well, through, let, let, before we get ahead of ourselves quickly, I think there was an article going back a few years about Michael Jennings won to play onto his 40. And that that's starting to look like it's increasingly coming to come true. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I you're saying, mate. Sorry, I
0: was gonna say, can Hayes Dunster play a bit of center, or is he just exclusively? I'd like say a
2: he's winger? more of a special swinger. But uh, but these, yeah, day, these days these days you got you got to be able to play multiple positions. So I wouldn't be shocked. He
0: could be Fergo's replacement, ideally. I think that Virgo I think I think that that sides. would be
2: the 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 current outlook for uh, for Fergo for Hayes. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, if, I think we mentioned this before on the pod, but I wouldn't be surprised if later in the season, Fergus has got a niggle or two, but Hayes might get a look in.
0: I'm just but, trying to think who who currently in the top 30, like who can play outside back, you know, Salmon can play there at a pinch, but... Really, Salmon, like, a free
2: agent as well. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see where he ends up. Love to keep him, but he's the sort of player that could be forgiven for going to, pursue, to pursue, to pursue going to pursue opportunities for, anyway. yeah, pursue opportunities Sorry, elsewhere.
1: We're all good there? We finished with our our chat on I the... Mean,
2: uh, free 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 agency we, we could talk about for ages, so we probably yeah, should Well, make you
1: know, well, we're way. in the middle of the season. Like, I hate it when they do free agency talk in the middle of the season well, for NFL, isn't it shit? Th- yes, I that, that is true.
2: But the, the one thing I was I was I actually asked Ron today was that uh, where, where did the June 30 deadline get rescheduled to? And he said it's August 2nd. So I'm actually not sure what our top 30 looks like at the moment uh, because Jay Field, I'm not sure. Is he a top 30 signing now? Did he get promoted?
1: No, nah, I understood. Is he still on dev? I thought he got upgraded. Oh, I haven't seen him. Huh. Didn't didn't so that guy we signed took Jordan, last spot?
2: Jordan Atkins. Well, I'm not sure if Jordan Atkins was player 29 or player 30. That's Jordan what. Atkins, Jordan Atkins. Yeah. Jordan Rankins. Rankin. Rankin. Rankins. We we had we <laughs> did both, have we did have Jordan Atkins at one point. And so, they
0: both played for Gold Coast, so it's similar, you know, the so, so
2: they they, they both played for the Gold Coast. Both both played for Parramatta. I don't know if um, Atkins played for the West Tigers though. Rankins did so. Yeah, we had um, Jordan Rankins, who uh, apparently is doing a pretty good job of training, according to '60s reports. So that's um, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm not sure if it's player 29 or player 30. Because that if our injury crisis in the front in the front row, the middle gets any worse, there could be um you know have to look to the market.
1: Yeah, well, there's been a couple of small little movings around for those sort of squad players. Um, Penrith had a player. Well, they loaned one to the Warriors, and then they've Ellis. sent one down to yeah. uh, to the Dragons. That's right. Um, Yeah, it's just a couple of bits and pieces moving around, and I expect to be more um, as teams continue to suffer injuries. Given um, it seems to be plaguing the comp at the moment with that uh, COVID extended break. Just
2: Um, ruined the preseason work, and that's where all the injury prevention measures take place.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm glad we'll get onto the uh, the preview a bit later, but that uh, Mitch Moses gets an extra week to rest. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the rest of round nine because um, there was some crazy stuff. Uh, so <laughs> Thursday amazing. night, Cowboys 16, Roosters 42. Uh, it was God. close to tight affair at the, the halfway point. God damn it, point.
2: Kyle. God damn it.
1: And then they just released Ikavalu. What what the heck was going on well, there? The Cowboys released remember Kyle we played him. First. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, it was last year. And he had an absolute
2: shocker. I went to the
1: game with game, my dad, yeah. and my dad's a Roosters fan, and he was calling to to get him bloody hooked about five <laughs> minutes into the game. We
2: we bullied him for most of that game, and yes, the Roosters ended up winning it, but it was not a good game for Ikavalu. But yes, <laughs> what was it five tries? Uh, yeah, at one point it was like he's going to get six or seven surely because there was about fifteen or twenty minutes left. And yeah. they just they did not go his way again after that. But um Yeah,
1: I think they were trying to get uh, a try for their <laughs> right. on the other oh, side. And oh, he put one down, yeah. um, but it uh, was called back and, it and was well he took forwards. it in good he it took was, it in good spirits.
2: They, the whole say. the whole boys were razzing there and he was having a laugh about it too. At that point you got a laugh, right? He's scored I think it was like two hundred and twenty ESL tries and <laughs> he comes here and the poor bastard cannot get one. But um I, I have to say Kyle felt what's going on, mate. Three meters to the right of the uprights. And he bangs he bangs and it bangs it in onto the, the left upright and it goes about and they drop the ball three tackles later. Unreal.
3: God. Well it sort of typifies in Cowboys season, doesn't it? Just like mm-hmm. everything's teed up for you and you wasted away.
2: Yep. <laughs> and um young Scotty Drinkwater, who who had a pretty good game against us and has looked pretty good in general this year, had a forgettable night. There was a lot of drop balls from him. And Angus Crichton too. Oh, there was a lot of drop balls. A credit to the Roosters, eh? They they were absolutely injury ravaged coming into the game. I think uh, who left the game midway for him? Uh, Jake Friend got concussed, was it?
1: I think yeah, he picked up something. Yeah, and, and so they, they
2: they battled through through that, and they managed to put on forty points against the Cowboys. To so the you know shows why the Roosters are one of the best teams in the comp.
0: Lolo yeah. got over two hundred metres. <laughs> got less
2: than that against well, us. Well, yeah, Lolo but... nearly did it in one half. What he did against us in the entire game, so it shows you how good a job we did of bottling him up in um
1: round eight. And Kyle Flanagan, he's, um like, I know he's in a superstar team, but Fantasy gee, superstar he's looked a lot year. better than what he did at the Sharks.
2: Fantasy superstar for me this year. He's been killing it. But, yeah, I mean, I remember me and Ham were watching him in 2017. There was a very good Cronulla team playing in the Holden Cup back then. And it was he, he looked a lot like Nathan Query, you know, very much a coach's son playing halfback. And once he got his taste of the first grade at the Sharks, he didn't look that flash, didn't he? But really, really taking it to the next step at the Roosters. Looks like a legitimate halfback now.
1: Then on to the early game on Friday, sixteen twelve, Uh Titans over Warriors in uh, controversial circumstances. Warriors not getting a single penalty, so I guess we can't winch too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Titans getting that one late and Warriors, they're in for a bit more pain now. They've got four or five blokes going back to New yeah, Zealand they've, after they've, this they've round's match.
2: Put up stumps. They said when they're going to come back.
1: Um, I, well, the problem is, is that with the COVID situation, New South Wales changing every day now, yeah, the, um, who, who knows back
2: in and what they are, what the quarantine process would be minimum two weeks, you'd think. So, um, it's David Fusatua, uh, was it Patrick Herbert? Who, who are the
1: players? It's uh, essentially all of their back line, which is, you know, yeah. except for their full back.
2: RTS holding down the fort, the poor bastard.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just feel a bit for the Warriors at the moment. Oh, it, um, it,
2: it's a. A, a shit sandwich isn't it you know there's no sugar in that they've been dealt a tough hand and yeah the i know that they've got some support in terms of player loans and whatnot but it's just not enough they haven't been able to get their families over and it's tough man they've, I was they've,
3: gonna say we've got a few outside backs well Give george jennings or hayes dunster a run
2: yeah certainly even Jamin salmon possibly you know yeah. i mean there was that yeah. little news blurb that we mentioned a couple of weeks back that they were inquiring about Jamin, so i'm not sure what happened there but that might be expedited now, seeing as they're missing an absolute ton of first-string talent.
1: Yep, definitely wouldn't be against that. Uh, uh, on to the other Friday night game, Rabideaux's 18, to the West Tigers 10, and some crazy scenes there with Josh Reynolds kicking a player in the, <laughs> the head. The
2: Randy Orton punt to the head, that was good. <laughs> and
1: then Latrell coming in with a swinging arm from bloody third man in, Thiday. and um, what was going on there oh, and um, a later later, Latrell <laughs> catching uh, a high tackle as well. I can't remember who it was against. And then Josh Reynolds uh, very audibly picked up on the, uh, <laughs> the coverage, uh, giving you a bit of a spray. Oh. So uh, oh. yes, there was a war of words out there, but uh, Rabideaux getting the uh, chocolates and, uh, but, you know, winning, winning the battle, but losing the war.
2: I think it was bad. a game that exposed yeah. both teams. <laughs> That's what we are saying when we're watching it on the discord that the Rabbitohs had a good start, but then just completely, com- uh, completely, completely, completely collapsed. And the Tigers, conversely, gave away way too much and just don't have it in. Like I think both teams are similar, and I think I put the Sharks in the same category. They can beat up on the shit teams in the competition, but the moment they come against a lineup with a little bit more starch, they really start to unravel.
3: I actually don't remember, remember anything from this game that, you know, I've given up the drink you know, drug free since '93. <laughs> was that uh, forgettable? <laughs> it's just the only thing I remember is the punt and trill like, didn't. Um, I don't know if it was – like I, I watched the entire game, but I I'm
2: sure. I'm sure David, like David Noflom did something origin worthy, but I'm just oh, not remembering 100%. it.
3: Didn't he make like 400 meters or something?
2: The the commentators were gasping every time he took a carry.
3: I think that Reynolds should have been sent off. I don't. You know, I understand it is accidental,
2: but he kicked like, the shit out of the it, dude in the head.
3: You're kicking a player in the face, like to me. That's, and the that's play,
2: annoying. the player obviously made a play at the ball, picking it up. Like it wasn't like there was a scramble for the ball, and he couldn't see. Campbell Graham had bent over and was like literally had his hands on the ball. Boom, punted to the head.
3: Yeah, and I think Latrell should have been sin And but the thing is, this might be a bit controversial. But I don't. Th- I think maybe at the most Reynolds should have got one week. I'm not sure how many weeks he got. It was, two, two, I think it was, it was two, two yeah. two. Yeah, for both Latrell. I think he's and got one week. But Latrell should have been sin-binned but gotten more weeks.
2: I, I can see the logic behind the, the, those two arguments there. Because
3: Latrell's, you know, Reynolds is in, in, in the instance of play. And in that instance of play, he punted a player in the face. That's a send-off. But, you know, it wasn't like Latrell code him. Like, he took the time to think about it. And thought, oh,
1: oh, I don't think there was much thinking going on. <laughs> no,
3: well, obviously not, but, like, it wasn't in the play, if you know well, what similar
1: I mean. To it was hurt man-in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I think I, I I think it was a little bit less than BJ because BJ was out headhunting for the next fifteen minutes. That, that's right. there
2: been provocation and he let it boil over for fifteen minutes and then went after someone off the ball.
1: Yeah. Um. In any event, they'll be missing for a couple of weeks and uh, good riddance. Hopefully, they can cool their feet and um, you know, uh,
2: we, pull their heads in. We will play the West Tigers in that window. Is that correct? Am I making
1: this? Yeah, up? we play them next, not next week, the week after. Yeah.
2: So we will be without. I uh, play them without. Josh Reynolds. Josh means.
1: Reynolds, and they'll still have BJ out as well. Yeah. Um, there was one good cover tackle that might jog your mem- memory, Ham, on uh, Dwahi. Apparently, that is the pronunciation, not Dewey. It's Dwahi. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah, he, he made a great, great cover tackle on the, uh, the number seven uh, on the sideline there. Watching,
2: watching Dwahi run reminds me of Ben Smith a little bit. I feel like he waddles around the field a bit, the
1: penguin. Yeah, I, I don't know about him at fullback. The penguin. You know.
3: On the seven, is that – no, that's not the thumb.
1: Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. He plays for for Tigers now. He played for South last year. Yes, correct. 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 Um,
3: uh, no, I don't. I don't remember. I literally don't remember anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the Sharks went down at their home stadium, the Strata Jubilee, in front of the PM, uh, in front of the, the yeah. Prime Minister uh, having a beer, which is controversial at this Prime point. Uh, but Panthers fifty six to twenty four. Um, Panthers really great in attack, but the, I think they should never be upset be about in, letting in that twenty four.
2: Yeah. You're never going to be happy as a coach or a team conceding that many points in a big win. Um. So yes, Penner obviously very dangerous. The born hand and and some of the tries they scored, Cronulla were just I don't even know what they were doing. They went on the same planet. But uh, the rookie got uh, the four bagger and nearly sent his yes lo- in
1: front of his mates, which is great. That and was great viewing. The,
2: nearly sent the local pub dry because they had the um, promo on every time he scored a try. It was a free round. And the, the Twitter the Twitter thread of that was fantastic. So credit to the the pub there for taking it in stride. Yeah,
3: and um, if uh, you want to talk about bags,
1: I heard uh, Charlie Staines had a bit of a
3: party like
2: <laughs> The bag Scott boy.
1: and no. I heard he left a couple of stains on that bathroom sink, but <laughs> so, <laughs> he left a couple of stains in that uh, left edge of Shark's underpants.
2: Staines will have the, um, the likely ignoble record of scoring four tries on debut and then getting dropped the following week. So, is that the case? Let me just double-check the Penrith team list.
1: Please. Yeah, I think because he's, he's actually had to go back into quarantine because he went into Penrith, Nepean oh, Hospital.
2: But even even if he hadn't, I think Dean Ware was back. Yeah, he was. Dean Warré was
1: Faray. back. Farré. Farré. Farré.
0: I wish I could take credit for this, but I saw someone say, and just like that, another overrated... Campus Jr. was born.
1: I think I said that in the Discord. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh. Choose <laughs> lost Nice work. What's oh, gonna happen to
2: Brian Toto now? I, I don't
3: you know. He's I, going don't know. The
2: club. I don't know if um we we didn't touch on it in the news thing, but the player poll came out and one of the names really upset me because it was Dylan Edwards being like the like third or fourth best fullback in the game ahead of Gaffa or something like that. I think he was the fifth sorry, the fifth best ahead of and behind behind oh, obviously. They don't,
0: they don't count royalty, that's
2: why. The, so. Behind that's Teddy, Ponga, uh Tommy Dubovic and RTS, I think, so I, I don't even know what type of players anymore.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, a great signal that we need to do even more for CTE in the game. Um, <laughs> on to the second match on Super Saturday, Broncos. They snap their losing streaks 26-8 to eight over the Dogs. Uh, and that rockets the Broncos one win outside of the yeah. eight and a crap load of points differential. All so of a just sudden, how bad is everybody from all eight All of a sudden, and there's
2: another game we'll, we'll touch on, but the Broncos and the Dragons are legitimately in the hunt for the eighth spot. What the hell is going on?
1: Um, but the Bulldogs in the in the out of this, uh, Dean Pay loses his job. They're reportedly signing Trent Barrett on a three-year deal to commence next year. Um, who the hell knows who their interim coach is? But uh, uh, thought, things going bad to worse for the, the Bulldogs and – yeah, it's just they're, they're an absolute mess at the moment.
2: I don't think well, Trent Barrett's the man to fix them. Shit from the yeah,
0: so, the Does Seabold get us. an extension now? <laughs> 10 year contract?
2: Oh.
1: Well, apparently it was the players that coached themselves this
2: week. Yeah, yeah so. he, well, he's in a catch 22, isn't it? Because the players took over this week and they got the win. So is his, are his um, coaches' methods that bad?
1: I think I saw 60
0: say something, something about like, compulsory compulsory captain's run.
2: Yeah, it was non mandatory captain's run. Absolutely insane yeah. stuff. Inmates running the asylum type stuff. But, yeah. I, I mean, this game was a bludger. There was lots of mistakes. I, I thought that the Englishman did okay, got an report for a shoulder charge. Uh, sorry, what's his name again? I have to check the look. Luke, Luke Thompson.
0: Thompson. He's, he's going to be, my, non, he's gonna be my, non, my favorite non-Eels player, just the way he took it to, to uh, Pangaea Jr.
2: That was a Some good little bit running battle yeah, there. Yeah. There was an unfortunate incident involving uh, Raymond Smith with a cannonball tackle at the legs of uh, yeah, Captain it's just Mayer.
1: Yeah, it just shouldn't be in the game. Like, I understand that. Players are backing into the line and there's, there's crushes and whatever don't, else don't, don't, come don't from that. that. And they're game. doing it so they're not put on their backs. But, uh, yeah, that's you can't cannibal like that.
2: But, yeah, um, I think that was Tessie New's best game I've, I've seen him play because up until now I haven't really seen much from him. And, yeah, I mean, the Broncos were okay. I think most teams in the competition would have dusted him up based on the way they played. Panko Jr. was pretty good in the front row. And, yeah, <laughs> the dogs were just awful.
1: Hass was on like 80 metres at the 10-minute mark. That dude is just a beast. Yeah, he is.
2: He is a specimen, absolutely special player.
3: But yeah, they say, uh, they always go on about the um, phrase, who would want to be a coach? Me.
2: 200 grand and I could do exactly what Seabold. So. <laughs> you're not wrong, you're not wrong. Just have a NRL g- clubs. I'm I'm, no. I'm available, baby.
0: Just pay him in um Wendy chips, chips and gravy rolls, you know,
3: just yeah, pay him that'll
0: yeah. be happy. No, 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 no. no. If, if Anthony
2: Seabold can get a million a year for 5 years, you want the Wendy chip rolls and a nice little stipend on top of that. Yeah, a little a couple of fi- couple of pineapples. <laughs>
3: couple of
0: pineapple are you are you open to do a course at Harvard? Um, ham?
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think well, I could do one online. For, no, the, um, the
2: University of Phoenix or whatever it is online.
1: No,
3: isn't it? In Guam.
1: Trump University. Trump <laughs> University. Um, all right, well, let's get to the other Saturday game. Uh, the headline oh, game Raiders 14 to the Storm 20. Um, Storm 2, good at the end of it, but um, you know neither team coming out of this good and, and Raiders losing uh, their captain. The Parker Trail is looking
2: the worst for that Simonson Sinbinning. Uh, well, yeah, well, they, that, they no, didn't in, They yeah. penalised him, which then the referee then took the correct step because if it was a penalty by deeming the 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 bunker, it had to be a symbian. But yeah, that was bad. And then that was awful. Uh, but the, on top of that, you had obviously the injuries to Simonson later, where he, he busted his shoulder and the big one, Josh Hodgson did his ACL on their knee that he hasn't done before. So the Raiders, you know, you won't stick a fork at them just yet because they've got enough firepower to be a disruptive team for the you know the f- near future. But that's going to be a huge setback. But they yeah. were also their own worst enemies. Elliot Whitehead butchered a certain try.
1: I, I, yeah, that's one of the worst ones you've seen. Oh,
2: that's a that not it's not quite Trent Barrett territory, but it's getting up there. That um, that was huge. <laughs>
1: yeah, Trent with the the bar of soap. Yeah, that's still the best. <laughs> nah, uh, you, that, you said not going to put
3: the um. Pulling out the fork, I'm being like The Simpsons. My shoe in of the week. Put a fork in them. They're done. The right they're now. done. <laughs> Can't without the without.
2: They, they've White. been scratching around they're for done. a while now, and now they lose one of their core players. I'd argue that Jack is probably more important now than, than Josh Hodgson. And this is something that I, in a hot take post injury, I said that you know maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think that Josh Hodgson hasn't been the player he was in. He was at his peak in 2016. For the last couple of years, he's still obviously a very good player, but doesn't take over the games the way he used to. But, I mean, the drop-off between him and Havili is pretty significant. Yeah, and
3: Bateman's still out for another six weeks. That's most of the season. Like, they might scratch into the eight, but nah.
1: Sunday, the 12th of July, the final game at 6.30, and I understand we're going to be playing a couple of 2 o'clock games uh, from next week. Uh, Better about 6.00. In that, yeah. Dragons 34 to the Sea Eagles What's 4. Going on? What I is mainly going on? Had a fair few injuries, but what the heck was happening there and I just want to give a rap to Adam Clune that banana kick straight back to Norman that was a thing of beauty. That
2: was- I love I love seeing that sort of play. It's so good and it's something that I hope we can start exploring with Dylan and Mitchell's explosive ability for the middle as uh, that um you
3: draw the fullback and then ah uh, it'd be good so it's you know it's like we did it in 2017 with the switch play where we'd go I think we'd either go right to Mitch and he'd fling it right back Yeah to just left. Ball it behind the
2: rock yeah exactly so
3: like, Ah, that
1: you, you could do the double
3: switch here. you could
1: No I still think my favorite play from Moses is that uh ball that he throws to Will Smith the one where it's oh, the no that... look flat ball Yeah uh, it's a Melbourne Storm play that they used to run for Billy Slater but oh god I just love that one
2: But uh Cherry-Evans mate what's going on
1: uh, Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right.
2: <laughs> given the Ben Hunt <laughs> given the Ben Hunt treatment yeah. given the Hooker that,
1: um, um, but yeah, Manly, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Dragons, they, they've had a rocket put up them, and as you said before, they've, they're have they one win outside of the eight, plus a, a fair bit of for and again. Well,
2: Manly um, made an absolute raft of changes before kickoff that they're now stuck with for us, which we'll get to shortly. But geez, they just, I know that Tommy Tavoyevich is a good player, but when you know he's not going to be available for at least half a season every year... You got to have better redundancy plans, haven't you? You got to be able to cover for that. Yeah,
1: you got to plan around. Well, what was the stat? They lost like something like eight from their past nine without they, him. They, so.
2: they win like seventy or eighty percent of their games with him, but lose thirty percent of their games without him. So it Is shows that, right? that well, that, that's what the media was plugging. So I'm not sure if it's being cherry picked to a degree. There
0: are ten points,
3: 10 points better side with
0: him. But if, with if, team, I, so. if that's
2: the case, and they've, they've only been a fringe top eight team for the last few years, it shows you how often he's out in a season. If they're 10, winning that
3: one forty eight percent of his game.
2: Well then they're, they're definitely manipulating that stat somehow if that's the case.
3: <laughs> yeah because I'm just looking on Rugby League project.
2: Yeah you can you can see career win weights for him. They're definitely yeah. manipulating that stat somehow.
3: Maybe it's the past because in the like past two years, 2019 83%, 2020, 60% So,
2: so that they must be they must be putting that little stretch the games back far enough to make the stat look amazing but not too far to reveal the full image. So yeah.
1: all right well let's jump on to the preview of our round uh, 10 match against the Seagulls. We said this five-game patch was going to be the the hardest of our season, and we're currently sitting three games from four with a chance to make it four from five in that period. Uh, but let's have a look how they roll out. Four manly at fullback, Brendan Elliott on the wings, Ruben Garrick and George Tafua. Tafua, just in that game, got absolutely buried by Ravalawa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ravalawa did to him what he usually do, <laughs> does to other players. Uh, yeah. Centers Brad Parker, Moses Sully. At 5'8", Cade Cust, and at half-back, Daly Cherry Evans. Then in the props, Taniel Paseca and Martin Tapao, Denny Levi at hooker, Joel Thompson, Curtis Siernan in the second row, and Jake Travoyevich at lock. Then the interchange bench is Lachlan Croker, Jake Goskuski, Sean Kepi and Corey Waddell. The extended bench is Hamoli olakata Um Sorry for butchering that one. I gave my best. Uh, Tavita Funa, Abbas Miski, and Tofofoa Sipley. Why don't we get Funa, goddammit?
2: Every other team <laughs> in the competition got Funa for weeks. Why don't we get him?
1: <laughs> and then for us at fullback and captain, Clint Gutherson, the ex or former Manly player. Um, so I know uh, as a physical specimen and just freakish talent that, uh, Gut- uh, that sorry, that uh, Travojevich has him covered. But, uh, you know, you'd like to have Gutherson a couple more matches this season, don't you? Uh, on the wings, Makasivo, Blake Ferguson. At centres, Michael Jennings and Mwanga Blake. 5'8", Dill Brown, halfback Jai Field. In the forwards, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo. Uh, hopefully, he can get a couple more minutes this week and those back spasms have gone away. At hooker, Reed Marnie. After re-signing, I expect a big game from him. Sean Lane and Ryan Madison in the second row. Nathan Brown at lock. David Gower, Stefano Otwikmanu. Mirada Kore and Brad Takarangi on the interchange bench. Then the extended bench is Dan Alvaro, George Dangs, Will Smith, and Andrew Davey.
2: Same team uh, as last week, I think one the 21 in the end.
1: Correct. Ashley Klein at referee, God, Peter no. Go, and God, Matt Noyen as Please touch no. judges. But we get a bit of help in the, the video ref box with Bo Scott and Steve Chitty is the senior review official. Uh, and let's have a look. We've had the Wood over Manly uh, in recent seasons, uh, but barring, historically, barring the
2: 2018, there's, I think there's two losses—one last year and then the 2018 demo job—but we've absolutely crushed them. Aside from that,
1: yeah, I think it's something like eight from our last ten. It's it's it's, it's some good stat like that. Uh, but it, it's since uh, 98, uh, 36 games played, 20 to the Eels, 16 to Manly, uh, which is quite surprising given yeah. how good Manly were in that middle to late period of. Uh, the 2000s even how having, terrible having, we've yeah, been.
2: <laughs> started, even starting in the early era of the NRL, they we were coming off that real golden run they had um, when they went to back-to-back grand finals, winning one, losing one in Newcastle. So Yeah,
1: they were still Northern. Were they Northern Eagles at that point or were they, were they mainly Winger at some point? I can't remember exactly how it all panned out.
2: They were Northern Eagles early 2000s, right?
1: Okay, is that when they came together? Yeah. With the Bears? Yeah. And then stabbed them in the back the past.
2: Yeah, and then <laughs> now the competition? But yeah, we've we've definitely, you know, just the way we play the game across different coaches, especially under Brad, though, um, he he has a a way of neutralizing their best weapons very efficiently and also playing a a sort of up-tempo brand of football that they struggle to go with.
1: Well, talking about their best weapons, so obviously Daly Cherry Evans is... You know, one of the better uh, uh, halves in the in the game, but for me, their second row and at lock seem to be their strength uh, in this game. And yeah. we've also got to look out for Danny Levi because he just seems to—I don't know—I'm just wary of Levi at this <laughs> <Yeah>. moment.
2: <laughs> we we bottled him up last time we played him, but he, he, the horror of the Newcastle era for Danny Levi. Oh my God!
1: Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to attack them in their second row. Uh, Curtis Sirin, and he has been fantastic in in some losing outfits, but. Um, I, I quite rate him in the second row yeah um,
2: well he's I mean he's been there for a while now and, and Sirton was a player that never particularly rated coming through as a junior but to his credit he's really reinvented himself at Manly in that in that tenure there he's been very good
1: and what else are we thinking boys where else are we going to attack them straight through the middle
2: well straight through the middle I think we yep. try and bully their halves with our back rowers um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see us bring back that double crash with Sean Lane and, and Michael Jennings because they'll be attacking Cade Cust will eh? they is Daly Cherry Evans the left half or the right half
1: I want to say he's on the left. So I want if to say that's, he's on the right. He's no, right. No, sorry, you're right. He is on the right. He's right. So you are we're, right. We're, he's right. We'll be yep. trying
2: to pick on their best there. It's the all primary. right. That makes sense because you you be trying to pick on their primary half there, that's fine. So you're looking for that double crash ball, and that gives you the option to play out the back of the maker as well. And, yeah, and through the middle, because no adding for Noel Blake means they're going to be starting most of their sets not as explosively, so you want to really assert dominance through, the, through that ruck. And, you, think,
3: know, you know, what we have to do is pretty much the same game plan that we did play them last time. Kick early, kick in behind George Tafua. And I know that, um, is it Garrick will be their fullback?
2: Garrick's, no, no, he's, he got booted from fullback to one. Nice, it will be
3: Brendan Elliott. Yeah. You know, he's a little bit quicker than um, Dvojevic covering the ground. but still an experience there. If you kick him behind um, to Tafu, even on the third tackle, and you get down and chase hard, they'll be struggling to get back on. I think Dylan and Jay written.
2: Well, Reed, Reed sure will be too. a big exponent in that part of the game too.
3: Oh, absolutely. Really pin them down with that because I think if we get down there, we belt them early in defense. They'll,
2: and I think oh, – Sorry, better you go, mate.
0: I was gonna say I'm thinking do exactly what we do to the, um, the Cowboys game because Cherry Evans likes to rush it up and put pressure on the half. So maybe you get Guffo Brown to have a couple of cutout passes to you know to Blake and Sivo. So yeah, other than that, um, their wingers besides Tuffo, like they're once again we've got bigger we've got a bigger backline. So maybe kick, maybe do a shallow kick towards Blake because that worked off um against the Cowboys again. So um, other than that, a um, forwards should, like, if Junior's playing a full game, we should dominate them. But,
2: yeah. Even if Junior can only get a shroud sort of sin out, I think if we can just get the ascendancy in that first period and then sort of not coast, but just build off that with our interchange forwards, I think the big thing for us will be that Manly are hurting. We'll be a little bit leery of them trying to make a big bounce-back effort, but mostly from our round four game against them, we've just got to make sure we don't repeat the same mistakes. The uh, easy errors and turnovers that took a game from 18 to our way and gave Manly, you know, the the ability to make a comeback, even though everyone talks about the forward pass call that shouldn't have been a forward pass. None of the media talks about Dylan Walker's blatant no try call so that the yeah. the um, the comeback should have been nixed a little bit earlier if the officials were doing their job. But, yeah, just got to make sure we don't give them any easy ball and that we don't panic, which is, you know, between that game and, and sort of against Newcastle, the two
1: areas that we hurt ourselves in. Well, Bertie, let's get you for our first try score or eventual score.
0: Uh, first try score, I'm going with... um. Ferguson, I am going to break the streak.
2: I'm, I'm My I'm, going tipping- to. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're giving the Pokies curse because I'm going to go. I'm going to tip Blake too,
0: mate. I, I legit think, um, I, you know, cut out pass to him. I just think he's going to just bulldoze his way over. Um, I think we're going to win twenty six to twelve. You know, we'll lead the whole way, and you know, there'll be like people will be a bit worried there might be a comeback, but we'll just take care of him because Manly, will just. I think this season's done. Realistically, they've got nothing to look uh, look forward to. Every week, they're blaming the referees. Last week, they had no excuse. So, I think the players Jesus. realize
3: they all suck Ooh. and they just need to...
2: Ooh. They're not even going to turn up year. or say they after Birdie gets into them. Go
3: <laughs> off King. Go off King. I love it.
2: <laughs> Scoreline?
3: Yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, 26
2: to 12. Nice. All right. Well, well, like I tip tipped before. I'm going to back Virgo in too. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be the cutout like Bertie said. I'm going to tip him for like a, either that double under crash that we like to do, where we used to do a Sammy and Sevo, and also him and get him isolated against like a sliding defender, something like that, or maybe even a kick, just like a cheeky little grub kick and he gets through on it. Uh, so Fergo first to, uh, try scorer. Uh, I, think, I think that, I mean, on form we should put some points on Manly here. So I'm going to say 34 to 8.
3: Ham. Well, I'm sorry to be a party pooper.
2: No, Pokey's cursed, goddammit.
3: No, I'm going the other Blake. I'm going Wanga Blake, first try scorer. Oh. I reckon he'll get on the outside of Moses. He's pretty. high. Oh, 32, 32 to Manly's 4.
1: Okay, well, I'll finish off. I've got a former Manly player, Sean Lane, go go gadget arms, getting his go go gadget Can arms over the try 30. line. I
2: don't even want
1: first try scorer. I don't
2: even want um, to
1: figure it a score. Yeah, I've got, I've got us a little bit closer. I'm going to go uh, 12 10. Whoa! Uh, wow, uh, closer with Dez Hasler uh, getting Manly up after the big, the they got uh, absolutely beaten last Siege
2: week. Siege mentality, boys.
1: Yeah, well, we just seem to have a history of playing close games against Manly, so I'm not going to get too far ahead of ourselves at this point, um, even if we do play well. And and again, I think we saw last week our fifth ta- tackle options really hurt without, without Moses, um, and you're playing over at Brookvale. You've got their parochial crowd there. Um, we'll do really well just to get away with two points this week, even if it is an injured Manly squad.
3: That's all right.
2: They've all got COVID anyway. They're <laughs> all anti-backs over on that side of the bench. Jesus. They are. Now, um, speaking of the Brook Vow, the bog, do you reckon that played a part in Moses not being played this week or are they just going to give him a rest in oh, general? hundred
0: percent, man. Why would you risk? Honestly, like if if this was towards it, if this was last year when we played them last round, Brad Arthur will rest half the team. There's no way you're going to send your – it's a big risk. It's a shit ground. Literally, like, I have a better chance of playing on gravel. Like, <laughs> I just you just look at it and uh, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I just – look, if we lose, okay, but I don't want to get any injuries. I'd rather have – I'd rather lose the match and be healthy than to win a game and,
1: you know, have a few injuries. Fair play. Okay, well, we'll wrap up the chat there. Uh, any other off-field stuff that you want to chat about? Um, I think
2: I posted it on, in other sports, but – Uh, Australian boy, Matisse Feibel, who plays for the Philly 76ers, I was about to say the 69ers, (laughs) the 76ers, um, has, um, posted a really, he's up to episode two, a really cool vlog or vlog of, um, life inside their Disneyland COVID bubble. Um, obviously all teams that are in a, in a sort of the play in for the finals in the NBA when it eventually resumes have been moved to the, uh, Disneyland or Disney world. I'm not sure which one it is, um, facilities and they're, they're inside there and he's doing a really good job of, um, uh, documenting that process. So check that out if you can. Matisse Fiebel, M-A-T-I-S-S-E-T-H-Y-B-U-L-L-E.
1: Anybody else want to plug something?
0: Spurs one on the weekend. So London is white. Or, you know, come on, you Spurs. The Redskins are officially going to have a new name. So I think it like 80 years they've had the Redskins. And you know what's funny? One guy, this is how stupid Snyder is. He comes down and he says, these are the leading candidates for the names. And some guy went and trademarked all those names.
2: That's, so now, that's such rich an American thing. They can't
0: they they have, do they have, to have to buy, buy the, the license off them.
2: Yeah. Um, that's I, I, like- I, will, I will quickly say something because we, we all spoke up and supported the Black Lives Matter stuff. It's not an issue in Australia, thankfully, but in America it's been revealed that there's a huge anti-Semitic issue among the a lot of the black community over there. So just don't be a dick to anyone, please. Just Just be good to everyone.
0: Just a trump
2: only.
1: It's all good. And and be a bit careful with your COVID now. There's there's pockets of outbreaks yeah, in New South good, Wales.
2: Good, good call, boss. Good
1: call. Um, yeah, 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 just you know, don't don't go too crazy. Trust at home as much yeah. as you possible. To to foot, so don't be
2: selfish. Right? Don't be a dick. We'll do proper uh, hygiene protocols. Be nice to your neighbour. Be a good bloke.
1: Sounds good. Well, good we'll up, wrap it up good, on well, that positive note. Uh, go 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 the eels. Um, exactly. Beat up on Manly. Uh, go Barrett. Hopefully get another win. We're celebrating on Saturday night and uh, we'll come back with you next week. Uh, But remember, there is a plot out. I have revealed it on Twitter. Uh, If you look at our draw, you'll see we're in second spot for our round 11 clash against the Tigers (laughs) without playing manly yet. So big brain time, and I am not a loody. I am not a loody.
2: (laughs) We're meant to be the Illuminati, but it looks like the Illuminati have got us right.
1: <laughs> I, I've got you NRL. I, I'm on to you.
0: Settle down. You'll get PM rolled up, and he'll be on it for all week.
1: <laughs> I'll get your dad onto it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, cheers, guys. We'll catch you on the next parent Podcast. See, you, boys. Later. Later. Later.